Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Pride Soccer Podcast. I'm currently in Cambridge, Massachusetts, but down the road in Foxborough on a cold, rainy day fit for a funeral at Lamb United season ended, for the most part, with a 2-1 loss to the Revolution that will prevent Atlanta United from making the playoffs for just the second time in franchise history, second time in the past three seasons. It was not a good performance. The only goal was scored by Joseph Martinez, a fantastic bicycle kick in the 81st minute. The two goals scored by New England were just silly mistakes made by Atlanta United defenders. But that's kind of been the story of the season. The whole game was the story of the season. So this is more of an obituary than a recap. We're going to get into some audio from Pineda, Brooks Lennon, and Andrew Gutman. We got a voicemail from a gentleman from Eastlake who, I think it's Chris from Eastlake, if I remember right, and a couple of uh, Twitter questions from the Get Fresh crew out there. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There's not a whole lot to say about this. It was just another, to me, uh, just a perfect illustration of most games this season. Silly mistakes on defense and inability to create quality chances on offense. As an example, um, if you want to know the numbers and if you don't, I don't blame you. Um, Atlanta United only put four of its, I think, 19 shots on goal, which is just not good. Not good at all. Let's let me double check that number. Uh, yeah, four of nineteen to finish with an expected goals of one point two six to New England's two point five one, which twice hit the posts with shots. So it was just an awful, awful to me performance considering everything that was on the line. Atlanta United knew it had to win its last two games to even have a chance of making the playoffs. A lot of permutations that had to fall into their favor for them to make the playoffs. And instead, they come out and, frankly, got outplayed for the most of the first half. And then they kind of turned it on again in the second half. But again, that's the story of the season. They score the tying goal. Fantastic individual effort by Joseph Martinez. And then four minutes later, they give up a counterattack off their own corner kick. Four-on-three situation, an easy goal for Gustavo Boo. It's just... There's something wrong with the DNA of this team, almost. So here's Gonzalo Pineda talking about the silly choices that allowed for New England's goals. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think summarize the whole season in one game is tough to me at this moment. I can tell you that if we have to analyze only this game, I felt that uh, the first half we were not good on the ball, especially the first part, the first 10, 12 minutes. Then after that, we had a little bit of momentum going forward and creating a couple chances, maybe not as clear as we need, but but a couple ideas in the final third and then uh, you know we concede the goal the penalty it's a silly play and then we have to again chase the game and uh, and yeah so second half was a little bit better in terms of intention and and, and you know having a couple chances in the final third or at least getting into the final third with good numbers the final touch the final delivery wasn't probably the best uh, but uh, yeah we tried and proud of the effort of the players because they they tried to come back and i think they did in the 1-1 after that in transition we we considered a goal and and that almost killed the momentum we had and here's me following up by asking gonzalo why the team failed to make the postseason well again it's it's hard to me to to do a uh uh a good analysis of the whole season. We always evaluate game by game. After the games, we do a, a good job at evaluating every game. But when you have to look at the bigger spectrum of 34 games or 33 in this moment, like you have to, you have to look at the what happened in the entire season, right? And you know, uh, I don't want to to tell a lot about those reasons because it might sound today as an excuse. So we'll keep that analysis internally a little bit, but now is not the time. Today we are doomed by not making playoffs because we felt we we came here with good chances to to take three points and and we didn't. So so yeah, that's all I can tell about today. And I don't know if y'all saw this on the Twitters during the game, but there was a report. Uh, by a Univision reporter that Joseph Martinez's agent has asked to meet with the front office, which would be Carlos Bocanegra and I guess Steve Cannon, who's the interim president, now that Darren Eels has taken over Newcastle and turned around their fortunes with two goals by Miguel Almiron and today's win by the Magpies. But that he wants to meet with the front office, I asked Pineda if that was true. I don't know. I don't know if it is true, first, and second one is not my... My role to deal with agents on or signings or players or renewals or anything like that. So uh, I think again today I can only, uh, I mean, if you can imagine my emotions at this moment, we are just thinking in what just happened and being out of playoffs is a big big hit for me, for the entire club, and we will have to do better next time. And then I asked why didn't Joseph start? This was the. Seventh time in eight games in which Joseph has been eligible that he was not picked to start. And here's Pineda's answer. My decision, again, uh, we coaches, we live and die by our decisions. We have, as you can imagine, way more information throughout the week, the season on players. And uh, and we make decisions based on that, based, based on what we see day by day in training sessions. At times I can make great decisions, at times I cannot. So so we were talking about how good performances we have had in the last three games and no one asked those questions. But today we lose and, and I, I can imagine uh, people is going to ask those questions. Brooks Lennon, who always answers the bell after hard defeats, came in and I asked him what was the mood in the locker room? Yeah, really disappointing. Um, just devastating. This is a club that should be making the playoffs every single year, no matter what um, the circumstances are. I know we've had a lot of injuries this year and, you know, things not go our way, but um, 
yeah, just everyone's very disappointed. And uh, I think it's unacceptable for Atlanta United not to make playoffs. Now, we learned on Thursday that the team spent most of the international break working on trying to finish chances, trying to create quality chances. Why couldn't they take advantage of that training in the game against New England? Yeah, I thought we did create, um, you know, really good opportunities to score, uh, especially in the second half. I thought, you know, after we scored to to level the game, we had a chance to go up to two one um, and, you know, didn't finish finish that chance and, you know, kind of came back and, and bit us. So, um, yeah, I think that's something that we need to to continue to improve on is that final product, um, you know, from the front line. You know, we get into so many dangerous areas and in, in passing and moving and you know combinations into in, in wide areas, getting into prime assist zones, which is what Gonzalo wants us to do. And um, yeah, I think the hardest part of soccer is putting the ball in the back of the net. So um, you know, that's the final piece that we need to continue to work on. And uh, hopefully, we can we can do that on on Sunday and close out the season on a high note. I followed up by asking Brooks, how much did injuries hurt the team this season? At least twenty that uh, affected players for multiple games in which they couldn't be eligible for selection, including Brad Guzan, Miles Robinson, Ozzy Alonzo, Emerson Hyman, Joseph for a while, the spine of the team. I hate to um, use excuses for anything. We have players on the field every single, every single week um, that should be getting results no matter what uh, you know the situation is with injuries. But yes, yes, we did have um, some incredible – incredibly unique injuries this season with, you know, Brad, Miles, uh, Ozzy, um, you know, guys that are in um, crucial positions for our club. Um, And yeah, like I said, I'm not going to use excuses for the injuries that we've had this season. Um, But yeah, it hasn't been the best. And here's Brooks talking about his contract situation and future with Atlanta United. We haven't spoken about the, the contract option yet. Um, you know, those conversations are going to come. Okay. Is this a place you want to stay? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I love Atlanta United. It's a club that I want to play for. And, um, you know, I think I've been here three years now and I've given everything, um, blood, sweat and tears for this club. Um, very disappointing. Like I said, again, to not make the playoffs, but, um, you know, I'm going to give everything I, I possibly can every single day in training and, in in every game to, to try and help this club be successful. And this is a place that, that I really want to be at. Andrew Gutman, another guy who always answers the bell after tough games. I asked him what went wrong today. A lot of things, I think. Um, you know, I think the biggest one for us is just the lack of um, cohesiveness within the lineup. There's a lot of, you know, injuries. There's a lot of players in and out of the lineup. And, you know, you saw these last few games, especially um, when the lineup kind of stayed consistent, how we were able to to gel and, and connect better. And, you know, for me, that's the biggest thing. Um it's just, yeah, we weren't able to get in a starting 11 and, you know, the routine subs in for, for multiple games in a row. And then, of course, I had to follow up with, well, why couldn't you create chances with the offense when you worked on this? I think we just needed to be sharper. I don't, I don't think it was like anything they did. I thought for the most part we were we were controlling the game. I think anytime they got they picked up the ball, it's kind of because we like shot ourselves in the foot and we, we gave it to them. Um, you know, I, I just – I think that we get in these positions and – we just slow down and then the teams reset and then it's, you know, then they got seven guys behind the ball and then it, it's pretty hard. Um, you know, so I, I don't think it's, it's anything bad that happened. I think it's just something that maybe we were a little too slow, a little too flat, especially in the first 20, 25 minutes. Um, but then, you know, you see the second half, we were pushing, we were pushing a lot of chances and just kind of 
you know, unlucky and then they hit us on a counter and, you know, then we just dig ourselves deeper in a hole. And then I asked, when you see the starting lineup without Joseph in a must win game, what do you think? I'm not the one that picks a starting 11. So, you know, I, I just focus on, on what I can do during the game. You know, you know, you know, Joseph's going to come in, you know, he's going to give you what he's going to give you. So, and he scores a, you know, one of the best goals of the season, you know, today. So, yeah, I can't really give you an answer on that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for Atlanta United supporters and listeners to this podcast. If you subscribe today, you will not only get unlimited digital access to the AJC and the Sunday paper for $2.30 a week, but we are also throwing in a special limited edition Atlanta United and Atlanta Journal-Constitution scarf. So sign up now at subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash utdscarf. And let's go to our voicemail real quick. Hey, Doug. This is Brett from East Lake. Uh, calling you in the middle of the game here because I want to talk about the old penalty that they just called on Gadinho. So, no question that it's the right call, but are we the only team that gets that call against us? I mean, I feel like the last several years they basically just left it, you know, soccer everywhere, not just MLS. I feel like they just let the keeper do whatever he wants and just run over whoever he wants, and it's always a penalty on the other guy. So, you know, right call in my opinion, but I think we're like the only team that this would have happened to. Would like to know your thoughts. Appreciate it. In terms of uh, if the team just is continuing to suffer from bad luck, yeah, I would agree with you. It seems like all the good luck and good fortune this team had from 2017 to 2019 has just been gone the past three years. Cannot catch a break with pretty much anything. The penalty against Gadinho was the right call. At first, I thought it was the wrong call, but then seeing it on a replay, the New England player had set himself. He had position. He's just as big as Gadinho. Gadinho can't go through him to try to get to the ball. Now, you can go over players to get to the ball, but you can't go through him, and that's what Gadinho tried to do. It was an easy call. Pineda was quoted as saying it was a stupid penalty. I don't know if he meant by the call or by the decision by the player or both, but there you go. That put Atlanta United down one to nothing in the first half. And this team, when it falls behind, y'all know the record 237 and nine now on the road when the opponent scores first. A shocking, 
shocking stat. Going to the Twitters, Nick, friend of the podcast, says, I hope you're well. Well, thanks, Nick. Since there's not much point to discussing the on-field product, and I'm sure others will ask about that, I'm curious to know your favorite or most entertaining memory story of Joseph Martinez. Do you think next Sunday will be his last game with the team? I don't know. I doubt it. It depends on if he tells or his agent tells Carlos Bocanegra or Steve Cannon he wants out, then Atlanta United can't keep him. It makes no sense. If there's reassurances that he's going to start and the team really can't make those, then I think he'll stay. He's repeatedly said he loves Atlanta, loves the city, loves the supporters. But every relationship eventually comes to an end. Del Murphy ended up playing for the Phillies, for God's sake. Tom Glavin for the Mets. Uh, John Smoltz for somebody else, I think. Greg Maddox for somebody else, I think. That's how it goes, unfortunately. My favorite memory with Joseph Martinez, probably when he won the MVP, and he ended his speech by saying, see you later, alligator, which was just really bizarre. And I know that's kind of an odd, but odd memory, but that's how my brain works. Here's Jacob, another friend of the podcast. With time running down on yet another disappointing season, put yourself in the new president's shoes, Doug. Well, does he wear a size 10? What are three things you would prioritize to get Atlanta United back to where it was in 2018? This is coming from a day zero fan before we even took the pitch. I haven't watched the past couple of games and have zero desire to tune in anymore. They've genuinely lost my interest. I don't say that out of spite. It's sad. I hope they can breathe life back into the club and recapture not just my attention, but the city's thanks. Three things. Okay. Um, The first is whatever the team's scouting model is, it needs to be changed. And I've said this before. They signed too many of the same type of players over and over again. If you look at all the players in the central midfield, to me, they're all the same. There is not one single one that has one single skill set in which I say, this is going to help me win a game. There's, it's just not there. I would change that. Number two, I would increase the data analysis department within scouting. And I would try to f- desperately figure out what is causing all these injuries. I know the team has looked and looked and believes in its sports science, believes in its trainers, and I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying spend whatever you have to spend on research to figure out what has happened. Because this is not the first season that Atlanta United has suffered from a multitude of injuries. Even the years where they win trophies, a lot of games missed because of injuries. David says, do you think Godinho and Rios Novo are gone next year? And how long do you think Brad has left? Well, Brad has one year left on his contract, so I think he'll come back. Dylan Castanera, we have not seen, or we've seen a little bit at the training center. His injury must have been much worse than Brad's because typically the timelines are you'll see the one player, and then if the other player suffered an injury a week behind, you'll see that player doing the same stuff a week later, and we have not seen that from Castanera. So I think Brad comes back. Rios Novo probably goes back to Argentina. They sign Godinho, but it's going to depend upon whether he wants to be a backup or not, or if he can get an offer to be a starter. Dylan, with a pregame thought, why is everyone wishing we would lose tonight or for the season to be over? I don't understand as a fan why you wouldn't want Atlanta United to make the playoffs. Making the playoffs and losing is better than not going at all, I'd say. If you're not a fan, just say it. I think 
they're just a little bit beaten down by seeing the same type of results, not just this season, but really the past three seasons. And that's why. Just fatigue. It happens. And then our final comes from Adam. That was the 22 season in a nutshell, he says. Perhaps the best I could only do the audio today. Would you say the international break killed the budding team chemistry and momentum? Today, Atlanta certainly didn't play like the past matches. We have to also keep in mind they were playing on the road. They only have two wins on the road out of 17 games this year, which is a ridiculously bad total. Marcelino Moreno didn't see the pitch for three straight matches, then comes on late in a must-win scenario. What's the story there? Um, You saw the good and the bad of Moreno as a sub. There was a three-on-two for Atlanta United late in the second half, and Moreno couldn't make the pass because he's so right-footed. So instead, he tried to chip into the penalty box with his right foot that was cut out. Now, it led to a corner kick that led to Atlanta United's goal. But Moreno, it's I don't like saying this, but his skills in some sense are very limited because he's so one-footed. And Pineda has said in his first press conference, if you can't trap a pass, if you can't complete a five-yard pass, then you're not much good. And Moreno just can't do it with his left foot. Though still a match to go, what would you say about Pineda's coaching over the full season? Well, I would say that it's tough to judge him because of the injuries the team suffered. I would say that I understand and empathize with everyone who feels disappointed by the results and disappointed by some of the choices. He's been in soccer all his life. He's a first-year manager. you got to give him a little bit of grace, I think. If there are no injuries but the same things keep happening next year, then I will probably agree if you don't think that he's head coaching material. But I think that we should still give him some time and patience. All right. We're going to wrap up the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. Atlanta United 2-1 to losers. At New England, eliminated from the playoffs, going into next week's decision day for the first time in franchise history with nothing to play for. I'm your host, Doug Robertson. Look for me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. As always, hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones. Y'all take care. AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that black people might want to know about. Like historically black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologeticallyATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.